This week on the Humanized Podcast, Courtney and I are getting interviewed by the co-hosts of Race, Culture, and Beyond, which is a podcast that explores really honest conversations about race, as well as a lifelong friendship between the co-hosts, Sage Hobbs and Erica Howard, a white woman and a black woman. And so they were asking us about, you know, how we began working together, how it's been to get to know each other publicly, because Courtney and I didn't know each other before Humanize, and also looking at, you know, what healing looks like in this country and what's the role of white people and racial justice work. So it's an interesting conversation. It's super fun. Check out their podcast again, race, culture, and beyond. And um, yeah, enjoy. Welcome, fam. This is Courtney Russell Jr. And I'm here with my co-host, Emily Brocker. Welcome to Humanize. We are two Americans with totally different backgrounds and life experiences. We're coming together on this podcast to dive right at the heart of the three things that shut down tough conversations about race, culture, power, and ego. The stories you are about to hear are meant to humanize those deeply involved in social justice. Welcome to the work, y'all. Let's get it. So I like to always start off, Eric and I usually start off with what we're into lately, right? And so if it's doing a solo show, we ask ourselves that. But when we have Mm -hmm. guests on, we like to ask what you're into lately. And that is usually like, what are you binging? you know, on television, what is playing on your Spotify playlist at the moment, or what book is by your bedside that you're actually reading, not the stacks that you think you should say you're reading, but you haven't actually touched. (laughs) What are you actually into lately? So if we can kick it off there, Courtney or Emily, whoever wants to start, we'd love to hear, um, you know, your secret indulgences and and what is fueling you these days. It's to you, Courtney. Oh, to me? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) wow i'm right now i'm reading a medical apartheid um so a little light reading you know i was gonna say that's exactly (laughs) that's Uh, your bedside reading do you ever can you ever fall asleep he doesn't really sleep (laughs) um let's see what am i listening to i mean everything um afraid regions from Range Against the Machine to Tupac to Jay-Z, um, some new artists. Um, just just a wide gap. Like, I'm, I'm all over the place. Just depending on the, the vibe I'm having. I just finished this to its entirety. Kendrick Lamar's new album. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Okay. Um, yeah, what, what was your other questions? That's it. I mean, it was any of the film, book, oh, show, well, whatever, yeah. any of it. Um, I'm binging, binging again, The Sopranos. Uh, You've watched it all and you're watching it again? I mean, I haven't seen it in like three years. So I'm watching it. I love mm-hmm. The Sopranos. Oh I mean, my gosh. I love The Sopranos. Love, that's the, that's the good one. And then um, I already got into Q to why he's Breaking Bad again. So I'm about to wrap up Sopranos and get to Breaking Bad. To watch again, I couldn't even make it through Breaking break Bad once. Was so intense. <laughs> oh, yeah, but those yeah. are the one, those are the ones that we watch. At least I like yeah. the best shows ever yeah. on TV. Yeah. So exactly. But then um, I'm I'm debating either Breaking Bad or Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I'm all over. <laughs> <laughs> you Curb Your Enthusiasm after you read Medical Part Time. I know. Yeah. I was like, exactly. Like balance that out a little bit. A little yeah. bit of levity. A little bit of levity Yo. for Courtney. I love that guy. If I could meet Larry David in real life, I think really? you'll... Oh, He's my God. Miss. Oh, I love... I laugh out loud with that That's guy. funny. I That's love funny. Seinfeld. You would not believe how... Like, I, w- I remember in med school starting to watch Seinfeld. And all of my friends are like, how the fuck is your black ass <laughs> be watching Seinfeld? I don't know. I love that dry humor. And then it's I It's so relatable. Oh. It's like... Exactly. Being in, in a city. Of, yeah. In the, middle, in the middle of New York, there was, I don't even remember a black person. Oh. Seinfeld. You're yeah. right. No, I, I mean, I can't either. remember like, one. My, my yeah. jaw, y'all, is like to the floor because I've had, literally had somebody in my life, a black, um, I think it was my stepmom, woman in my life, say to me, like, I can't relate to Seinfeld at all. Like this sort oh. of like super white Jewish, like, and I'm, you know, I'm Jewish heritage, raised by a New York. Jewish mom. <laughs> and I mean, I'm like, I get Seinfeld completely, but I love hearing that it crossed over 
Courtney and like just Uh-oh. things can do that. Like, you yeah. know, I'm listening to I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, some of the music or the shows you I mean, it's just things can cross over. And it's so fun to hear that. But I will say if we were to do a poll, I'd be curious to see like what I'm sure it's out there. I'm going to look it up. Like how yeah. many black folks really did watch Seinfeld? <laughs> like, like, I'm sure like they Se- have that. Seinfeld and Friends are the whitest shows to ever <laughs> right? be on TV. I feel like Friends is like up and beyond, though. I because it doesn't hate even. Friends. <laughs> I can't watch there it now. <laughs> I can't watch any sitcoms from like nineties or eighties. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just not funny to me anymore. My humor yeah. has changed. Oh, that's so good. I hate Friends. He's like, let me be clear. I have my limits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emily, what about you? Thank you, Courtney. Of course. <clears throat> oh, um. Well, I'm not really watching anything right now. I'm kind of like in between shows, which is kind of a relief for me. Cause if I like start binging, it's hard to like visit with my family, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm out East in Massachusetts now. So, you know, put the p- kids to bed and then visit with my dad and stepmom and stuff. Um, and um, reading wise, I'm reading a, a book about um, the Camino, someone who walked the Camino mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's pretty nice. It's like, it's kind of a funny book because it, the way that he wrote it has like that pace of walking and you just want to keep going. And like, it's actually wow. not that intriguing of a book, but you like, don't want to put it down. <laughs> oh, it's like kind of really tricky the way that he wrote that. Um, so that's a nice kind of, kind of mellow book. Um, and then in terms of music, most of the time I'm listening to music, it's when I'm working out. And so it's um, going to be like trance music or, or something along those lines. So that's, I got, I got into trance a while ago when I was mountain biking and that's just kind of what I have to listen to now. Mm. Yeah. Hey, hey guys, I think I, I need you to know something about Emily. I'm going to say that. I think one of the main reasons why I did this podcast is with her is because she went to an NWA concert. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. We no, but I think we we figured out that it wasn't end up. It was headlined by Public Enemy. Yeah. Not head end up. It was my first. Okay. My first uh, concert ever was in the I guess you know early nineties, and it was called the greatest rap show ever. And it's amazing because it would still sell out as the greatest rap show ever. So mm-hmm. it was headlined by Public yeah. Enemy. Listen to this lineup and how amazing it still would be. Um, Queen Latifah, Kid and Play, MC Light, um, Naughty by Nature. And then the reason that I went was uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, Oh, that's why you went. And that's why I went. I was a huge Fresh Prince fan. Like before he even had a show. And I was like so proud of him. So how how could I not have a co-host that has this (laughs) rest rap show up? I'm like, yes, I'm in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was in like seventh grade, the greatest rap show ever. I think I, told I love Courtney. What, what I came credit. I came home and I was like, "My clothes smell so nice. What is that smell?" Oh my that god! Was- <laughs> Wait, you were really like twelve? Yes, okay. I was in seventh grade. Oh, they wouldn't let me go to show things. Okay. Oh man, y'all, you were innocent too. It was very innocent. Special smell. That was like, oh, and that dates me because that was like everyone was like smoking inside the, you know, oh, like yeah. in the inside yeah. the amphitheater. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, anyway. That makes me think of yeah. And my first concert was my, Michael Jackson Thriller. I was like oh, nine. Amazing. Amazing. And nice. I wow. know. Oh, that's I the one. Was, I maybe I was younger to. than nine. Actually, I might have you, been even younger than nine. Erica, you didn't go to it. You did. They wouldn't let me go. Yeah, we we gone through My, five years of um, church, so we could go <laughs> five years straight. I know. Well, Erica and I have different um, different parental <laughs> rules in our upbringing. I went to that show with. Doria, my friend from kindergarten, and her, I think it, I swear I think it was her grandmother who took us. I'm gonna have to find out. But that then I was so thinking cool. about the special smell, Emily. And when I was, I think I'm a little older than you, Emily, because in, it was this would have been the 90s, but I was in high early 90s, but I was in high school. Mm. Uh, Cypress Hill. And now oh. I think about that too, that my parents let me get in a car, drive half an hour into Philly, into the into South Philly. The hood. It was not not the hood at all, but just mm. like you know, uh, the, like in, in a gritty, like, you know, South street, like I can't, it's like a gritty part to this and go to a Mm -hmm. Cypress Hill concert. 
where, I mean, I guess this is like statue limited, but anyways, there was plenty of that smell. That smell. Um, <laughs> that special smell. Nothing wrong smell. with that smell. Nothing wrong with that smell. <laughs> nothing. Special smell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, we did stop to... Um, Gosh, who the hell was I with? I don't even remember. We're way off topic here. But anyways, we did stop in <laughs> quote unquote the hood on our way down through North Philly to get some special smell through a hole in a win- in a door. <laughs> what? And a I mean, it, yeah, door. yeah, through a hole in the door. I didn't go up to the hole in the door. Whoever I was with did the hole in the door for the special smell. Oh, um, my anyways, goodness. so wait, 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 I'm like, I think man. I was like 16. I, we were driving, so I had to have been 16 or 17 anyways. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in forever. I'm like, Cypress Hill, what? I don't even, it just came out of the recesses of my memory. Not as cool as your lineup, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but I, I knew you. what the smell was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You knew what the smell was at that point. That's in your introduction. <laughs> um, all right. So let's got, let's dive in everybody. Thanks for hanging for the, with the humor, but I guess this is the whole point of both of our podcasts actually. So I don't feel like we're really that off topic. Like this is no. part of our, both of our shows is, you know, can we connect across racial lines, across different lived experiences? What does that look like? What does it look like to just be laughing about our, you know, childhoods and things we listen to and signed, I'm still going to like the Seinfeld thing is really going to stick with me, Courtney. Um, so can you tell us a bit, help us get to know you and help our audience get to know you? Like, how do, what's your story that got you here? And how do you know each other? Mm. Mm. So your individual stories that sort of brought you to this, to this work. And then how did you come to join besides the NWA public enemy, you know, concert? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Courtney, you want to kick us off? Tell yeah, us Courtney's oh. story. And- Okay. I always like to hear Courtney's telling of the story because he's a good storyteller and it tends to shift a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Courtney, go, go Courtney. first. This is oh. like a, this is like being at a party for me. Like when I've been at a party of like white people and they're like, the white people come up to me and they're like, how do you know Angela? Like the white friend I came with. Oh. How do you know each other? And it, it took a minute and I'm like, oh, they're just trying to figure out why is this black person at this party? Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That, that that's exactly what yeah yeah yeah, yeah why'd you choose to come to this party courtney yeah, I mean, exactly <laughs> well i'll sit up there watching seinfeld and emily approach me. I just can't. <laughs> um man so covid hit and be- and prior to covid there was a mutual friend that i used to work with at eagle rock that said me and emily had to meet because um, he thought that I'd be a good facilitator and DEI was starting to come big. And I was like, oh, what the hell is DEI? Um, what is all this? What is this white man trying to do? Who is he trying to introduce me to? And then, so I said, uh, fuck it, let me go to Boulder <laughs> with him. And I went to Boulder and met her. And it was, it was great, you know, great conversation. Um, talk about what I did, what I've done in the past. And, um, and then COVID hit. And then we had a lot of conversations before for that. And then when COVID, my guy left and said, guys, I can't do this project anymore. I got to take care of my family. Um, the world is coming to end. And right now he's got to focus on my, my kids and my wife. And it was understandable, you know, but uh, and maybe I should do the same thing. I'll still be in a relationship, but um, I digress. You know? but, okay. But- <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Courtney's on the oh. market, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now they, the dating show. Okay. okay. But now for um, and so like Emily said, so what are we gonna do? And I said, uh, I don't know. And she had a long story short, she had an idea about a podcast, and I'm like, what the hell's a podcast? Some other white people shit that I don't <laughs> really, you know. And so she's like, yeah, you get to talk about your perspective and this and that. And I said, I get to talk about, oh, hell yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I get to talk about shit just, just unfiltered. And I told her, I said, look, if I do this, this, this is crazy. We, we go, you don't know where it's going to end up. And so the hmm. very first one I remember was around Trump um, when he was running for office. I don't know if Emily remembered this. I had the TV all in the background. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was when like the numbers were coming in, and oh my god, it was so stressful. And Emily looked. She said, "Hey, yo, 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 hey, bro, hold on. 
can you turn that shit off in the background? It's really stressing me out. Can <laughs> <laughs> hey, you yeah, trying to record? Okay, oh my god! Exactly. Oh my god! I, I say okay, I'm bad. And then so we just start going, and um, I really appreciated. I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, I just know she was who she was and unapologetic, and we were so different. Um, but I didn't know that we were gonna last this long because um, I'm a lot to deal with, and I'm passionate about. Um, DEI work and uh, that can be a lot for a white person um, and she came with something that I needed the the, the, the will to press the brakes slow down analyze um, make sure you're doing it right and um, so I think just everything came together at the worst but perfect time um, mm-hmm. and and I every time I think about this work I get um, motivated it inspires me it keeps me going and now just the transition um, in my relationship out of that to COVID coming to um, just how my life is moving right now. Humanize is such a, a priority and such a powerful thing in my life. And um, I can only thank Emily, Emily for that. Cause uh, mm-hmm. she, she, she stuck it out with me when uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, yo, she's really white. I don't know if she's, ready she's for really white, <laughs> not just <laughs> a little. <laughs> Because I'm really black. I'm really right, black. Right. You know, no, I'm not. I'm not one of the black guys that wear cardigans and like. <laughs> I'm, a, I mean, I'm a hoodie type dude. You know, so we come in the hoodie, and I'm like, "Hey, how you doing? You want to do?" So it, it was a lot, but um, yeah. So I really appreciate her brilliance. Um, and I, re- I respect her a lot, and and we're here, and we're doing the damn thing. We're doing the damn thing. Awesome, yeah, Bernie. Yeah. 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 I would say I would. I think a couple like interesting points in there. I feel like the first, when we were first introduced, um, so my background is in intercultural communication and like international development. And that's where, and anthropology, and I had been working in the realm of intercultural communication a lot. And through that, gotten more and more into looking at power and privilege and how that manifests in communication, which then led me to looking at race as I stopped traveling so much and focus more here. Um, And so my friend who introduced us knew that that was kind of my background. And and so I was curious, like when he introduced us, you know, because he was like, "You, you really have to meet, you really have to meet. And I was like, what is this like predicted chemistry or like, you know, we were like, I don't know. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, in that, I mean, my journey of understanding power and privilege will never be complete, never, never going to tie a bow on that one. But I think um, a moment that stood out for me was when, so my friend, you know, backed out of, of doing a, a collaboration with the three of us, we were going to do some like open sign up kind of workshops in Boulder, unconscious bias work. And then we're like, okay, COVID now what? Um and my friend was like, I need to do something else. And Courtney's like, oh yeah, I'm still here. I'm in it, you know? And I was also having this like, you know, because at the time I had a two and a four-year-old and I had to basically, you know, shut down my independent business um, because of COVID. All my keynotes and trainings were canceled. Um, and I was like, I just need, I don't know. I, you know, like, I don't know this guy, <laughs> Courtney. I was like, I don't know this guy. I don't know how we're going to work together. Like, I don't know what, you know, so I'm like, I just, I'm not quite sure. And I was kind of like one feeling myself a little bit one foot out the door and Courtney is like, no, I'm here. And then I was like, well, there it is. There is my privilege, like staring me in the, my face that I could, I, it's an option to like ultimately engage in social justice work. Like I can let my world priority prioritize in, you know, different, many different ways and configurations in this moment. And that there was like this sense of like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to live by that choice. I'm going to live by the calling that we need to do something together. And let's see how Courtney and I work together and then pretty much when we're like starting to plan the concept, we couldn't even like, we were like, we have to just start recording. Like we just got mm-hmm. into it right away. Like Courtney and I don't have much fluff conversation every now and then I'll tease them about something or other, but like, um, 
yeah, so our the podcast is us getting to know each other, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think our listeners can really tell. We have some people that do it straight through, you know, from the beginning because the dynamic really changes over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, uh, yeah, every every moment has been. I, I'm just so grateful for it. I'm grateful for Courtney. So now you both have to tell us. I love what you just said about uh, you're learning each other as you go when you're having these conversations and then we grow and evolve every day. And then so much happens. I was thinking about this that just has to flow into these conversations because there's so just so much going on. (laughs) Anyway, for us, like, oh, we just have these set topics, but you have to integrate like your experience. But what are you guys like learning about yourselves or each other like in the process? Like, what are you noticing? Mm -hmm. In terms of your growth or however you want to look at it. I guess, okay. Um, I think I'm learning that I'm not willing to sacrifice this work, you know, Um, Mm. because of like every other week is something else happening that has to be unpacked that individuals don't know how to not rationalize it, but conceptualize and just think about it or have the conversations that will lead to actionable steps. And I think we are one of the templates, one of the options to do that, you know, and um, I always want to talk through issues, you know, like when I was in the hospital, if I saw a patient, I would leave the room and then I would go to either the, the doctor dugout, we used to call it a bathroom and just talk like, okay, this patient said she has a problem in her stomach, what's going on, what's there, what could be differential. And with DI work, I do the same thing in my mind. Like, am I really willing to die for freedom? And every time mm-hmm. I ask that question, it's like, yes, unequivocally, yes. There's no, uh, well, uh, and I think that is why certain, and I say this with all of like distractors, you know, because relationships sometimes that's not the right ones can distract you from something that, can, can disrupt your legacy, you know? And I think my, my legacy is one that's going to be probably one of being lonely, you know, but um, to pave the way for someone to pick up the mantle and do it hopefully better than I ever could, um, this work of DEI. And so just this work has taught me how to be persistent. Um, and when you're doing work like this, you almost have to be delusional in a way to think that you can solve a problem that so many people before you couldn't have done, you know? And so like, mm. I, I feel like this delusion that I had, it's just a resurfacing when I was like in my car, like how can I become a doctor and be homeless at the same time? Delusion, mm. you know, how can I get out of Atlanta and, and, and start to travel the world, a delusion at the time, you know, how can I um, befriend white people? Like that wasn't an option. Like, yo, white people over there, we over here. It is mm-hmm. what it is. I hate them. I do business with them. We make money. If there's no money to be made, there's no conversation that should be had. You know, mm-hmm. that's where we 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 were. And so, like, just it's unfortunate that freedom has been a delusion to people of color up to this point. You know, and so I'm trying to to change the narrative that we have to be free this way instead of actually tapping into true freedom, if that's making sense. Like this, we have to redefine, way. yeah, we have to redefine what our freedom looks like because as I look over there, they're gonna have their own freedom, educational freedom, financial freedom, healthcare, um, reproductive rights right now, you know, mm-hmm. like other people than us can experience that type of freedom. But for me, I have to, me and my people, we gotta look at freedom like, playing basketball or rapping Mm. or, you know, or any other thing that white supremacy has granted us the luxury to to tap into, has given us the breadcrumbs, you know what I mean? And so Mm. um, I think that's what just is, it's been such a blessing to be, to have this platform to speak on these kind of topics and to make sure that hopefully the world knows that I'm, um, with everything else that I have going on, that I am here fighting for us all, and um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop any any kind of way. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. How do you guys 
and Emily, I know you're going to answer the same question. How do you see, this is something I struggle with. How do you see like the one conversation at a time making a difference? I, I feel like, so like when I work with businesses on, on DEI, I'm just really tuned into how they're so quick to shy away from the hard conversations. Like some of my consulting clients will be like, we, okay, we'll have that conversation, but you have to be there. You know, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to be like a, a babysitter or something um, because, you know, I just send them into their Zoom rooms and they do it on their own. But um, people really shy away from the conversations. And I, I think that one thing, when, you know, the feedback that we're getting is that we try to make our podcast like highly conversational, like people were sitting in the living room with us. And it's kind of like um, conditioning them to think that it's really normal to have like, Mm -hmm. you know, our hope is just race explicit conversations and honest conversations and, um, you know, bringing a a vulnerability vulnerability. And so I, I think that that's what keeps me going is like, there is an extent to which it normalizes the kind of conversations that are needed um, at the you know highest level of government, at like CEO level. Like they just, we just all need to get better at it. And so we're hoping to be a resource to normalize it. No, no one's going to agree with us exactly on everything we're saying. And they don't have to, but it's just like working with the tone yeah. of voice and the honesty and the whatever it is. Yeah. I'm here taking it like raising consciousness just came to mind. Like, mm-hmm. That's why you keep having the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And modeling. You cannot look away. You can, you know, right. um, w- words matter, you know, um, they're, they're the, the seeds that are planted, you know? And so I feel if we're really trying to take actionable steps, a word is a window, like a, a speech pattern, um, a thought, a speech, um, any kind of, dialogue is a window into the soul of a person, you know, is one mm-hmm. of the windows, just like the eyes, you know? So what I speak on is what I'm passionate about. I mean, you can only lie for so long, even mm-hmm. with the speech, you know, so sooner or later, um, your truth to come. And so with the, mm-hmm. with the, with the podcast, you know, it's just given us the the license to, to, to speak our truth and, and because we've had longevity up to this point, I think we're becoming, the credibility is increasing. Um, people are seeing that we are who we are and we're unwilling to change that. And and, and either you're going to appreciate it, uh, but what you what you can never say is like, it's inauthentic. Um, and, <laughs> and, and so like, it, it, I, I can, I can die on that hill, you know? And if we get to where I think we should get to, um, I just hope that we are the catalysts of some kind of dialogue, which will lead to the, the, the necessary change through the realization that there is a problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. Realization is a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I mean, I just love too, that the, what we're asking, what you're hoping the podcast will do is what you all chose to do, which is mm-hmm. to model. Mm-hmm. And take a risk, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't really know each other. You're, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Courtney's like, she was whiter than white and I am black in the hoodie. Like we, yeah. you know, this is, yes. we are getting to know each other publicly mm-hmm. on the air for folks to listen. And the thing is about podcasting that like you and I, we all share is like, you don't know how many people are going to hear that show. Like it could be 10 or it could be 10,000. It could be, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you make the thing, you put it out there and then Later, you can go and see how many people listen to it. But when you're making it, it's really vulnerable and risky because once it's out yeah. there, you can't, it's not like the the room is full of a hundred guests and you've spoken to those hundred guests and that's it. No, this lives on in perpetuity. People yeah. can listen to it whenever. Yeah. If it, if it catches on mm-hmm. somewhere, it could be listened to by millions of people. Yeah. And <clears throat> if you're being authentic, which you just said, Courtney, like it's undeniably authentic, like nobody could argue that point, then you then it gets messy. And I know yeah. I've publicly on mm-hmm. the air said things where I'm like, oh man, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Shit. Um, I so I just to. honor that. In, yeah, in- I don't have that. I, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know if that makes me a psychopath or, or what, but <laughs> if, if I said it, 
if Emily would have said, did I say something wrong? I'm like, yo, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the worst person to ask that. If you felt it, it should have been said. You know? Yeah, good. I like yeah. that. If yeah. you felt so it, so refreshing. Yeah. The thing about me is, I pretty much forget what I say after I said it. You know, and Erica will be like, well, what did we talk? I'm like, I don't know what that, my mom will be like, oh my gosh, I loved that episode. Blah, blah, blah. Like I said that I don't have any, it just is coming out. Like it's a real present minded Uh, experience, uh right? Like you're uh in this dialogue, you're in this relationship, in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's one of the things I love so much about it. Uh And I just, I, I'm so great. When we found your show, actually, Erica, you found their show before I I met any of them. Okay. Yeah. You told me about their show because of... Oh I met gosh. you, Emily, I think, in one of the uh, integrated work calls. Maybe yeah. that's how. Probably, yes. It is. It I was, was like, something. It was one on Halloween, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm you found the show first. You told me <laughs> yeah. about it, and then I kept crossing paths with Emily. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, it felt like... Um, not that our shows are exactly the same in any way, because we're four different people, but it really felt like, oh, yes. Like, it felt validating that mm. others were like, yes. oh, it matters to have these cross-racial, cross-cultural conversations for yeah. others to yeah. hear, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And for us to learn through. So it was really, like, affirming. Mm. Yeah. 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 Totally. I remember that. Totally. Like, I do, I remember when, like, the moment I heard the podcast where I was in the house and oh. the that I, like, enrolled like my heart <laughs> enrolled like oh, okay i'm in yeah. i appreciate that to hear <laughs> yeah 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 Dan, it does, this is cool you just made you oh sorry i'm like i was gonna say it's just it, it does feel a little crazy like sitting around right. and like having i mean because it is just like an honest conversation when you're in the moment and then you hear like and we were recording mostly in covid and so we were not interacting really with any people and then like Courtney the other day, he was like a panelist on a, another showing of the, this is not who we are in Boulder. Oh, really? And I went mm-hmm. and um, one of the women who organized it caught up with me when I was leaving. And she's like, oh, Emily, Emily, like, I just wanted to say, like, I really appreciate, you know, your voice and I can really relate to, you know, what you're talking about with your mom and da, da, da. And it was like this first moment that I was like, oh God, like, I'm really... <laughs> Like these people really know me in, in like creepy reality show kind of way where like I'm talking to a total stranger and they like know my life history and vulnerability. Right. What am I doing? Right. 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 Oh my God. Right. right. If you go back to what Courtney said about delusional, right? Like yeah. there's something yeah. there's, there is, you kind of have to be a bit delusional to have hope in this totally fucked yeah. world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm grateful for that. Right. Like, thank God, Courtney. I mean, we didn't get your full story and I'd love to hear more of this if you, whatever you're open to sharing, but like to be dreaming of being a doctor while living in your car is like, you know, people would say that's delusional, like you said. Right. Mm -hmm. But here you, but there, there it was, there it became. Right. And so Thank goodness that delusion had us all sort of leap into it and be willing mm-hmm. to, because also, also how I feel about it, I guess, in why I don't like freak out that much after the fact is like who in the end, people are like, everybody's listening to big brothers, listening to your phone or I'm like, well, okay, fine. This is my yeah. life. Like I'm yeah. okay. You know what I mean? Like I, my life is short. I ever, you know, I'm a cancer survivor when I was 23. Like, I'm like, I already know I'm going to die. Like I'm real clear with my mortality. So it's like, I love how you said, Courtney, it's like, don't let distraction disrupt your legacy that you're make building. Cause it's like, yeah. okay, if I get this much time, I may not be able to solve for this huge meta problem that's been happening in the entire history of the United States, but yeah. can I move the needle? Like, yeah. can we, you know, and so uh, I guess that's my question for y'all. Like, what do you, what, did, what keeps giving you hope, you know, and what, what, how would you, when, when the legacy is done, how would you have hoped to move the needle some? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good question. Um, and I mean, I know the answer is just it's so much, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have to move the, the needle with healthcare, you know, mm-hmm. um, I have to move the needle with um, a, a subset of healthcare, like therapy, yeah, because humanizes my therapy is my platform to speak my truth. And 
and Emily has me on the sofa. So low key, she's my therapist, you know, and, and for her to, to be on this journey with me as I am working through becoming a better version of myself. Um, it, it's, it's a powerful thing. You know, I, I hold a lot of stock in this and humanize, man, you know, like mm. it's uh, it, people of color don't believe in therapy. You know, we don't, we don't have the luxury or the time to sit on someone's sofa and talk about our feelings when, when, our, when we need it the, the most, you know, we, we've, I wouldn't say the most, you know what I mean? I, I can only spark my perspective. So, um, but we've been through a lot of trauma and how do we work through that? You know? And so how do we find time to, to talk through um, something when we can? So what, what happens is we have post-traumatic um, syndrome and we just mm-hmm. have really deleterious ways of, of dealing with trauma and, and things that have happened in our past. And so if we're talking about my legacy, I just want to make it okay to, to dream, yes. you know, yes. um, to, to, to not be distracted by the brick wall or the concrete jungle or, or the poverty, um, all in this totality, you know, um, to see past what is in front of you right now. Yeah. I, I think that is a, if I could do anything in this life, just a little kid saying that, yo, this dude became a doctor. Um, and I think I can now, or this guy became a photographer. Oh, I mean, he became a photographer. So I think I can now, because that's one of my new passions now that I found photography. And so just trying to find ways to cultivate hope uh, is something that now I, I, I think is going to be my legacy. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, for me, I feel like this kind of link links into that question of like, what do you, what, it, what have you been learning? Um, I feel like, um, the podcast has been a really long journey of like under starting to understand like my positionality and where I fit into racial justice work and just really coming into contact with how um, white supremacy is a, a plague to our country, to every single individual in our country is a, is keeping, it's, it's intensely oppressive. And I think that one of the things that I've learned along the way is just how I'm in this work. I'm not outside of this work looking into it. And that was, that's kind of like a, a new perspective and that um, part of the healing that has to happen in this country is for white people to be healing, to be reclaiming our humanity, to not be dissociating from the um, trauma that we have afflicted and continue to perpetuate and not to be blocked by the 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 pop-up of shame guilt you know these things Mm -hmm. that like come up the defenses that come up and so if I were to leave something it feels like um something related to how healing it can be to be honest to Mm -hmm. confess to get get you know to be like oh shit there was a racist thought look at it. It just like ran across my, my, you know, screen. Like that's kind of like how I think of my mind is like, (laughs) um, and be like, well, shit, this conditioning is still happening to me. I refuse to buy into that. What does that practice look like? And, um, what is that? What does it mean? I feel like there's so much in our culture that tries to hold us off from our truth, you know, whether it's presenting a certain way or being so strong and, um, and that's supposed to lead us to happiness when really like being, understanding where we come from. I mean, reading 1619 Project was so like, oh, I finally understand my country. I get the I get the three-dimensional model of my country now. Because before it was like this two-dimensional, our founding fathers are so great. Da, 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 da. You know, um so in it's something to do with truth and healing and uh moving to the places that 
you know, our unconscious would rather keep us away from whiteness would keep us away from capitalism would keep us away from um, something in there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what the exact catchphrase would be, but something no, in there. I, I, honesty leads to healing was one of the catchphrases that came up for me as a white listener, right? Like that we're in it. We're not just observing it, fighting the good fight, but like quote unquote, you know, but like we're, we're harmed by it and there's healing that needs to happen. I think that's a pretty beautiful, powerful thing to, to think of it that way. Emily, I'm not sure that I've ever fully thought of it. There is great. I do. I really resonate with there's great relief in telling the truth. And I, (laughs) I have stuck my foot in my mouth so many times in my life um, because that's how I am, which is to be kind of, Eric, I can attest to this, you know, to, for whatever reason, a bit unwaveringly honest. Um, and that can be embarrassing and shame inducing in some ways, but really what it is, is liberating, right? Like Uh just, um, this is, this is how it is for me. So I Uh just, I loved that, that, you know, there's this path to healing for white folks, um, that is in honesty and really like seeing how we uh-huh. have historically contributed and continue to contribute to ra- uh-huh. racism as well as benefit from it. Uh-huh. Um, and I would, I, I feel the the need to like put a clause in there too, of not just yeah. like going around talking to everyone about these things, but like, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, like with Courtney, he and I have a, a container that we've built and we kind of, the four of us kind of worked on that before this as well is just like, is this the right space? You know? And um, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that conversation needs to be had with just in just white groups of a lot of that, like owning and understanding um, because it can be, there's definitely a potential for that sort of confession to be harmful and oh yeah i mean i was just thinking about it inside of our own head the way you gave that example yeah okay like, good. just like <clears throat> noticing oh shit i can't believe i had that thought right okay good you know you know no uh-huh. please please yes let's be very clear everybody <laughs> we're not not go up to some um black individual who you don't know on the street and be like i'm so sorry that we you know have inflicted harm did you not pull that shit for yourself no noticing your own thinking and your own behavior is oh, I love that. You were there. Black Seinfeld. Let's do it. Yo, <laughs> it's crazy you said that. I would love if I had disposable money, I would definitely work on a black Seinfeld. That would be a life wow. mission. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh, I think you should pitch it, pitch it to Jerry. That would be <laughs> well, yeah, he has disposable there. income. Well, I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be like, I got an idea. I'm not even kidding. Courtney, get on the Twitter. You call it, you know, whatever the Twitter is. Yeah. And be like, Jerry, (laughs) we're good. And I want to play Jerry's role. I would love Yes! Okay, somebody get this. If anybody's listening has any, I'm Jewish, so maybe one of my, our Jewish brethren listeners (laughs) has got a connection into Jerry Seinfeld. My my New York aunties and uncles, you got any Jerry Seinfeld leads? We want Courtney Russell. Yes. As the black oh Jerry Seinfeld. Oh my That's God. That's hysterical. But I needed to be on HBO. So to be like a curb your enthusiasm. I needed to be. I, I need <laughs> to be bring a, it in. I need to be yeah. Able, oh yeah. You need definitely to, yeah. need the yeah. Oh, yeah. explicit <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I went, um, yeah. I, um, shoot. In the con, it left. Oh, I also it, wanted to put yeah. another, um, kind of disclaimer on yeah. this, this, on, or yeah, caveat on what I was saying is that, um, when I'm reflecting on the work of white people and how oppressive white supremacy culture is, I also acknowledge that what that context is, is, is completely, completely different from our BIPOC friends and colleagues and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, on a different scale of harm altogether. Um, So I just didn't want to try to represent that, like, the, the oppression they're not was equal. They're not, they're not equal. Yeah, yeah. And I do feel like walking shoulder to shoulder is much more sustainable than an idea of like single. I am in social justice work for yeah, you, exactly. you know, or like mm. for this right. group, or yeah. you know, that's more white savior. Um, yeah, yeah. So the changing, you know, the the direction that we're looking in, I feel like is really important and our 
Okay, so that is, you just like set me up, Emily, for the the question that I really wanted to ask. (laughs) Then we can start to wrap it up. But the question I really want to ask, and I, and maybe, um, and I want to hear from both of you on this. So maybe actually who, whoever wants to start, but I am so curious about what each of you thinks the role of white folks is in this work. And then Uh Emily, like for you, how you found your voice in this space and decided it was okay to even have one, right? Because (laughs) seriously, like you, you can pull a whole, you can pull a whole room full of people of color and some will say, shut up, don't center yourself. Really, it's Uh not your work to do. And that's fine. Great. And others will say, please, like, and I've had these conversations, my, my, me, myself and I, before I decided to do this podcast with people in my life of color, like, others will be like, please, God, would you please say something? Like, yeah. you made all these problems, not me personally, mm-hmm. but like the collective whiteness. And I'm so damn tired. And I'm just trying to like, keep myself and my like, children safe. Like, mm-hmm. so some are like, mm-hmm. butt out, not your role. Others are like, please step in, definitely your role to fix the shit show you helped to create, right? Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong, but I'm dying to know from the two of you <laughs> what you think the role We've talked about of it white a lot. folks is in, yeah. this, in this work. Because I'm constantly asking myself that question as a white person in this work. Yeah, yeah. Who wants to start? Who wants to start? Courtney? I'll, 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 <laughs> want to go? I, I can go. Um, so, I mean, I will say as recently as last night, I was like, God, but I like did it, you know, like I'm not I'm totally convinced <laughs> of any, <laughs> me either. Okay, good. I'm glad to know. perspective or view. Um, but that's also like my personality is that I'm constantly questioning and questioning, questioning. Um, I, I feel like in earlier iterations of my work, I wasn't as clear. It was more like, um, like we need to be talking about power and privilege and I wasn't quite clear about my positionality in that um but I feel like I'm slowly kind of finding my voice and lane in terms of talking about mostly my experience so it can't really be argued with by other white people (laughs) that's a a technique that I use (laughs) um and um pushing yeah so i mean i think the question i have a couple different places to go with this first of all i have also heard from people you know white women get out of the dei space it is typically is white women um but i've mostly heard that from people who are like mega influencers and all of my colleagues who are doing this work are like we absolutely need you in this space like absolutely you are a part of the problem. You're part of the solution. You have a special role you can play here. You know, I was just talking to, I talked a lot to Black colleagues who are like, can you please deal with these defensive white people? And that's like more and more my role. Cause it's like, yeah, like you don't have to deal with that. Like that you shouldn't have to deal with that shit. Oh, sorry. I don't know if we stare. <laughs> swear in your oh, show. Wait, that, that ship has sailed. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, was about to, I was about to say, we started off. <laughs> yeah, Courtney and I both started off. Erica's usually pretty clean, but I, I'm not. It's um, not in my DNA. Yeah, so I'm like, well, okay, I have to go with the people that I, I trust and who know my work rather than the, the philosophical question. Where I do feel mm, like, like um, yeah. is a question mark is just, you know, making money off of it, being a professional in this space. That's what makes me feel uncomfortable. We haven't had to deal with that with the podcast yet because we're trying to get it at least covered. We're going into the hole. So (laughs) um, we, you know, Courtney and I have discussed like a few different models of what it could look like, you know, when we, so we'd have a Patreon page and we'd have some supporters there and, um, don't want to be too explicit about how we're like dividing that up. But I do think that in the future, we may have to cross that bridge. Um, but we keep having conversations. Like, Go to know, their Patreon page, everybody. I'm <laughs> yes. Humanized podcast, Patreon mm-hmm. page. Um, but in term, yeah, because I guess overall, I just feel like I'm not making that much money yet. Like I'm not a Robin D'Angelo making millions and millions. And um, um but that's interesting to me, right? So now you, you're, I can, watching her right now, if you're just listening, you can't see Emily, but I'm watching like the ping pong game in Emily's yeah. head, which is like, 
But if I were to make, you know, is it still okay because I'm not a big influencer? You know what I mean? Like, because I'm still playing in the the sandbox that I'm in or whatever. And it's just, it, yeah. this is the, I call, speaking of swearing, Erica, I, I always say to Erica, it's mind fuckery. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I live in this like space of like, you know, looping in my head, mm-hmm. but I persist anyway. And I think that that's yeah. what I hear, see yeah. you, Emily. I, I'm kind of like, I'm not going to just like sit on the sidelines if I have tools that over the last 20 years people have told me are really important for them yeah. and their understanding. Yeah. Um, right. And I also have been really deliberate about who who the money that I use in my business is going to, who I'm always partnering with BIPOC colleagues. I have a black coach. I have, you know, all these different, I'm mindful of where the money that I am making is going. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm conscious that the, I feel like one of the big things I offer our podcast and I can de- like leverage is my social capital. And so yes. I believe that that is a really mm-hmm. um, important piece. And I'm also aware that like monetary capital is a huge piece to leverage. And so it's a, just an ongoing journey. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. It's an ongoing journey. I want to give a shout out in terms of leveraging social capital really quickly. And then Courtney, we're, we're kicking it over to you. So hopefully you have all the answers for us around uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what the role of white folks is in this work. <laughs> but just that you both recently had on your podcast, uh-huh. Hannah... Nicole, Nicole, Nicole Jones. Hannah Jones, Nicole Hannah Jones, crap. Nic- Sorry. <laughs> Nicole Hannah Jones. Um, yeah. 1619 project and yeah. huge deal. Everybody should go listen to that. I haven't uh-huh. listened to it yet. I'm excited to, I think it, it just, just came out today. today. Yeah. yeah. It just dropped today while we're recording this. Uh-huh. Um, but that was partially gotten to by social capital and, sure. um, or largely gotten to by social capital with a connection that, you know, Emily had through her, uh, own, educational experience. And I have had the same conversation with a friend and colleague of mine, a black woman, Dr. Chanel DeBose, who was on our show. Hi, Chanel. Um, about social capital and like how much I've taken that for granted, mm-hmm. the opportunities that I've had, the people and and her just being like, can you please talk to me and my and my colleagues about social capital? So mm-hmm. again, it's it's um not that monetary capital isn't valuable. Of course we live in capitalism, but Mm-hmm. I want to a shout out that you had somebody on the show that's really important to listen to, and b just we have to. I keep getting hope because of using our spheres of influence that we do have, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. if one of our spheres of influence is the connections we have through social capital, which by the way, that's what social capital is, y'all. If you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, it's who mm-hmm. you know. It's all in who you know. That kind of sentence comes from yeah the connections that people make through generations of mm-hmm. privilege. And mm-hmm. opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just wanted to point to a direct example of what that looks like and how it can mm-hmm. be um, leveraged, and that it is never-ending questioning. So, mm-hmm. thank you, Emily. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, and that it can be, and that I have social capital to spare. And I think that that was a big part of starting up the podcast. I was really afraid of like, are people going to be? Mad? I was afraid of white people being mad at me. That was like mm-hmm. ultimately what I was afraid of. And there have been some. Including yeah. my dad was in the next room. Oh, wow. But <laughs> Ooh, we'll have to have that back on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but um that's a risk. I, it's easy, way easier for me to take that risk because I there's and social there's, capital there's, yeah. to spare, you know, like I've given yeah. a lot of social capital just walking into a room with white skin and I can I can burn some of that by pissing people off. Totally. Which for me, I'm not I'm not a piss people off kind of person. So that's like, that was a big, you know, a risk. I had that working for me, I guess. Cause I already was. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I think I already was that a little bit. So I guess then that regard, I didn't have, to, I don't like yeah. it, but I've been doing it a long time. Um, all right. Thank you. Courtney. Emily. Yes. Courtney. Courtney got this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm, I mean, uh, I hope this is y'all last show. Cause, uh, y'all might be, <laughs> <laughs> It may be all about, man. I guess, man. <laughs> oh, oh no, he's trying to put us out of business. Nah, oh my nah, god, nah. there is no business nah. in this either. Yeah. We're with no you, business. Emily. There's no, there's no financial business nah, in this. Either. Nah, nah, not at all. Um, the role of white people to me is the same as black people. You know, I think to listen, um, 
to understand, to acknowledge, and to begin to to feel empathy and not um, patronize. You know, a role of a of a white person in um, in my mind is not one to say, "I'm sorry." What's next? Is um, it happened? Someone that looks like me has been like benefiting and the system was built to perpetually benefit me. Um, I see the errors of that system. And so now, because I'm in the position that you aren't in, person of color, now it's time to, it's just time to do something. Because there's, there's certain things that Emily can do that I, 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 could, I can't do, or it'll be a million times harder for me to do. And because of um, the brilliance that she has, and she sees that she's what she's beginning to see it, and now we can walk together to freedom instead of of her saying, like she said, the saviorism aspect. So the role is for me, in short, is to acknowledge and to be honest with the um, the acknowledgement, and not just yeah, acknowledge we did it. Can we get over it? But um, now we always talk about this this critical. Um, critically looking at anything that's important, whether whether it's race theory, which you should look at there critically because it's the foundation of our of our country. Um, yeah, people look at that marriage critically. People look at that finances critically. People look at things that matter critically. And so, mm-hmm. if you're really honest about DEI work and this work of of liberation, you should critically look at it and not be afraid of its ugly past. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what I think the role of, of everyone should be and white people's role in that should be understanding that they were the, the, um, the creators of, of, of the type of, of ignorance that is existing in us all today. And that that's just the, the honest truth It's not, a I mean, I've done a lot of things that, um, I did and I'm, I got only way to, to start to heal from that is to, Reveal it and be honest. Yeah, I did that shit. I did that shit. That was that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the next? What's the, what am I gonna do now? You know, instead of saying, "Yeah, I just get over it. It never really happened," or if it did happen, what? Like, am I gonna harbor on that? Yeah, exactly. And it's not in the past because we're going backwards. You know, given everything <laughs> happened with the Supreme Court, we still live in it. So the argument of let's get over it, why are we harboring on slavery? Why are we doing it? Because it's still it's still living and breathing and has a, has a, a momentum. And it's probably in my, and um, there's an argument to be had. It could be more now than it was then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because you saw who were slaves. You saw the chains you saw and people were like outward with their hatred. Like I hate you person of color. Now it's like, I hate you, but I'm going to like put the veneer of a government and I'm going to have these certain systems to, to come up to, to suppress you and to keep you. <laughs> it's like someone's standing in front of a door All being day. like, why don't you go in? Why are you going in? Exactly. I'd like not allowing exactly. them in. Be like, why are you in there? You're exactly. such a jerk. Not being in there must be because you're not smart. Come exactly. on, go in there. You can't exactly. go in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. That's exactly what it's like. As every system is indicative of what Emily just spoke on. Mm-hmm. Everyone has healthcare except for you. Everyone can go mm-hmm. education, but let me let me gerrymander a way where you're in a school district where they have the worst schools. Mm-hmm. Every um, we love life except for black lives. So when you when you have people that say, "Oh, I love kids. All kids should be born." All right, cool. So now when all the kids are born to women of past sexual trauma or in, in communities that cannot um, do what's best by these children? Are we setting these, these children up for the best type of life? Or are we saying that we just love the religion? Because slavery was a religious thing too. Correct. Right? Yeah, mm. correct. So, and, and then, so we leaving that to states to decide whether their state can say, hey, let's allow women to do that. Yo, they were not trying to give up slavery. So why are we going to give it up to the states? Uh-huh. So it's definitely saying it's shrouded and all mm-hmm. this, this this jurisprudence bullshit. And it's like, come on, yo, like yeah. we know we know how we're gonna land on every topic. Mm-hmm. 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 And a, 
and abortions still we be are, are still going to be had. It's just that if you don't have the access to do it now, you you're you're a dictator. Or you cannot have it because you can't travel. You can't have it because you don't have access. You can't have it because you don't have money. So you should be pro life a hundred percent if you don't have the money. Because whether you're pro life or not, if your kid is sexually assaulted, all of a sudden you're pro choice because you're choosing to travel yeah. to take care of the problem that right. just happened. So right. come on, man, it's 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 a uh, it's just such it's just such bullshit, and it, and it hurts. Um, so long story short, just acknowledgement and truth and honesty, I think, will get us so far in this kind of work that uh, we could see freedom so much sooner. Mm. Acknowledgement, truth. I'm having this moment that I'm like, really? We talked about putting stuff out in the world. I'm like having this moment where I'm so excited about what we're about to put out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just five seconds shout out, Courtney. Thank you. Oh man! Every truth you just told. I know. Yeah. Should we just, just? We. I think we should just mic drop it right there. Nah. Courtney just like brought nah. it home. I he, mean, nah. no, really. I mean, that's like that was everything. So that was I'm, everything. I'm, I'm having that moment. That's my experience. Thank you for that. And Thank I you. also, Thank you, Queen. Uh, I know we're just, we're gonna wrap up, but the um, the space that you guys can hold for each other. Um, mm. It's phenomenal to mm. me, um, mm. even just the digital space and not knowing each other and your references to being on Emily's couch. I have so many more questions. Like, I, <laughs> this white woman is not a friend of yours. Who you trust? No, nah, she ain't my friend. No, 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 she ain't my friend. <laughs> yeah. That's that's family right there. Whether she <laughs> want to admit or not, I'm sh- I can show up anytime. She lucky I ain't showed up yet. She wasn't so far. I'd be a hey, yo Sam. Y'all got stuff to eat over there. Because, oh, yo, you about to... I feel like we had a family moment last night when I was, like, freaking out for hours about what are we going to title the Nicole Hannah-Jones episode. And he eventually oh. called me. He's like, Emily, why are you freaking out? You need yeah. to stop. You need to Calm stop. it down. I'm like, Calm it I'm down. like okay, okay, okay. Go to bed. <laughs> yo, I called you on the temperate. I was looking at the phone like, okay, she's family, so I'm going to be honest with her. Yeah. Like, I can't give it all. I can't give it a whole, Courtney. So I, 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 I felt 50%. it. You were like, you were being I, ridiculous. <laughs> yo, I was I was about to give you the angry translator from the Key and Peele shit like, yo, what the fuck you doing over there, bro? You just goddamn <laughs> What the fuck you doing? Just, just title the shit. Let's get it going, bro. I heard it. I heard. I heard that in the back. She got the key. Like, I got it right there. I got you it. wore the t-shirt today. Brave yeah. over perfect. Brave over perfect. Brave over perfect is a com- is another connection we have, Emily. That's, like that's right. Susie Reinhardt. Yeah, Our friend Susie. Right. That's right. Yeah, uh, she's yeah Emily's family, um, and that's uh, that's why I think we work so well because we can give the ugly truth, and it's like. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll see you later. I'll okay, you mm. have a good day. <laughs> mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that, an- that answers a lot. So yeah. choosing, choosing to be there for each other. I'm open to fine, but like you love each other for sure. Family, so for sure, for sure. That's the secret sauce. I got you now. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of sauce. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I mean, it it that vulnerability is required. Um, in order to have real connection, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Yeah. So, all right, both of you, thank you so incredibly very much for coming on. Mm -hmm. Um, To our listeners who have not yet checked out Humanize, please do so. If you enjoy the conversations that were, I won't even say enjoy, if you get value out of the conversations that Erica and I have, you will definitely get value out of the conversations that Courtney and Emily also have. Um, and we all four agree that these are more conversations that need to be had. Like this uh-huh. is, yes. this is it. Yes, we need to handle systemic stuff, all of it, but even systems are made up of humans who are making mm-hmm. up those decisions. Who that are make having up those conversations. Systems. We're all exactly. having conversations. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. <laughs> Um, I guess what I want to leave us with is don't get bogged down in the details of the right path forward, but keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Listen to each other, acknowledge the truth in what is so, um, build empathy by humanizing one another. Um, mm-hmm. 
and really do what you can within your sphere of influence. Like we all have spheres of influence. We have our families, we have our communities we live in, we have the schools our children attend, we have the hospital systems that we work in, we have the corporations that we support. Um, All of that matters, all of it. So don't stop, keep listening. Try to let, if you're white, please try to keep your defenses in check. It's not personal, it's just what's so. We gotta do this work, we gotta have these conversations. So. Um, thank you, Courtney and Emily. Is it human? What's the websites that you'd like to send folks to? Um, we'll put it on our show notes, but I want to ha- have it said here as well. Yeah. So the website is the Humanize podcast. And um, we're happy to say the algorithm is working in our favor. So if you go on Apple and you just look up Humanize, we'll, we'll come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Great. Uh-huh. great. And that's right. on Spotify. It's on everywhere. It's on all the places. It's on all All the places. places. And we'll put it in the the show notes as well um, if you want to check later if you forget. So thank you both so incredibly much. We appreciate you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Humanize. Please remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us on Instagram or Facebook to continue this conversation at The Humanize Podcast. Let us know if you want to learn more about the professional trainings we offer. And of course, tune in next time as we continue the work. Thank you and much love.